0: Hello and welcome to Credit Shift, the news update. Delighted to say that today I have a co-host in our CEO, uh, Cormac O'Neill. Thanks for joining us, Cormac. You're very welcome, Paul. Great to join you on today. Thank you very much. Well, we'll start out today by just uh, addressing some of the general industry news. So the first thing is what we're seeing is in the mortgage landscape some changes in the arrear statistics so drawing on the most recent statistics provided by uk finance there is a concerning uptick in mortgage arrears as specifically 8980 households on buy to let mortgages were in arrears of 2.5 percent or more this is a 28 percent increase from the previous quarter Broadly speaking, mortgages in arrears made up to 0.93% of all homeowner mortgages and 0.44% of buy to let mortgages in Q2 2023. The shift in repossessions is also noteworthy. 610 mortgage properties were taken into possession this quarter, a decrease of 19% from the last. Contrast this with possessions of buy-to-let properties, which rose by 7% with 440 properties being claimed. Given the rising cost of living, it's evident that some homeowners and renters are feeling the pinch. And with a 12-month freeze on mortgage repossessions not extending to private sector tenants, there are amplified calls for some additions to the renter reform bill uh, to step in and maybe do a bit more for those people. I get a feeling that there's a bit of drip, drip, drip to all this uh, news, and it seems to get a little bit
1: worse every month. Cormac, do you have any comment on this? Yeah, I got to tell you, Paul, like given what um, we're seeing now, the increase in these numbers probably shouldn't come as a surprise to us, you know. And uh, I'm actually one of those homeowners here because um, you kind of forget how lucky you are to have been on a tracker mortgage for Done, I don't know, many years now, but uh, I'm one of those lucky people who had uh, a tracker mortgage. And it's only now that I'm realizing how lucky I was, right? Because, you know, my interest rate that I'm paying now has gone up considerably in a really short space of time, like a really short space of time that you can't even adjust and, and, and rebudget. budget um, and you combine that with the increases in everyday living from from inflation, and it it really does bite, you know. There's 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 no two ways about it, and I think we're starting to see that filter through into these these numbers that you you just outlined, um, you know. And I think it has, like, when we think of this in the context of of our customers and and, and credit and collections, I think it has. Implications um, for for people in this industry, in that you know, you just rattled off a, a number of um, a, a series of numbers there. Um, but the people behind these, every single one of them has a story. You know, whether it's you know me with my story and and what it's had on um, uh, on me in terms of the the impact on month to month. But there's. Um, You know, a lot of people out there with with, um, stories that our customers really need to know uh, the details behind um, and understand them. And I think that's the key, the key word here is knowing. Right. Knowing uh, the details of your customers, uh, what's important to them uh, and equally what's not important to them and being able to take actions on the back of that knowledge that you have. Right. Um, And almost tailoring that for for each customer, because, you know, one size is not going to fit all in in, in this scenario. Um, It simply isn't. So I think our customers are going to have to look at ways you know, tools, systems, processes that allow them to um, access this knowing and knowledge uh, on an individual customer basis. So I think that's what we're going to have to see here. Okay, thanks for that comment. I think we'll move on to the
0: next segment here. We're going to talk a little bit about the continuing embedded finance revolution, the ever-changing realm of embedded finance. This week, with SMEs navigating financial uncertainties, just like everyone else, it's worth noting that 46% of them, as per British Bank Sonovate's recent survey, are unsure as to where to find alternate funding sources. So they don't know where to even look for loans. They don't even know to look for different types of bridging finance that they might need. And this opens the door for embedded finance, um, which is a particularly big opportunity. And last week, I chanced upon the an enlightening Deloitte report, the Ecosystem Imperative Embedded Finance. And the report underscores how merging finance with technology such as geolocation, IoT, smart homes and machine learning can refine customer experiences. The goal, provide the financial solutions right there, where and the customer needs them, where they are, enhancing the accessibility of services to these people. And that also, uh, in many cases allows inclusivity. It allows you to put potential services in front of people that may not have, um, either known where they were or how to get them. So I, I think this, this report really shows how big this kind of opportunity is again, in terms of the kind of next wave of innovation in financial services. I was wondering if you had anything to add about, uh, embedded finance Cormac that you, that you've seen
1: you know what Paul like you know we're we're in the SME business ourselves right so we we know this right so our business is not is not in knowing where loans are right so SMEs they're in the business of selling their goods and services and that's what they're all about right? and i think what happens a lot of time that they're only looking for these financial options or these loans when they absolutely need to have them and they're not even sure where to look so i think Embedded finance uh, can really play a role here in educating SMEs um, uh, as to where they can find these options. Uh, When we look at, uh, let's say, our own industry in in, um, conversational AI, I think what's going to be really exciting is how we can take embedded finance and putting it into the conversation and stream and being able to offer um, payment options right there and then within the conversation, right? So if you look at what typically happens today, if, if I'm talking to you and I'm a, I'm a customer and you're the person I want to make a payment to, as soon as I get out of, I, I promise to pay you, uh, but as soon as I get out of the conversation, anything can happen. Right, my phone can ring. You know, I might have to do an errand, um, and I might mean to pay you, but because of circumstances, I don't. Right. So if we can um, embed finance directly within that conversational stream and enable me to do it right there and then, right? Whether that's to make a payment, whether it's to um, reschedule a payment, um, you know, a series of payments, even, and set new dates. And be able to do that right there and then directly within the conversational stream. That's going to lead to a much better uh, experience for me, the customer, much less less frictional. Um, and also for the enterprise on the other side, um, obviously it cuts, it improves efficiency, which cuts out on costs. So, yeah, I think you're going to see embedded finance play a role um, uh, more and more, uh, whether it be directly with an SME or whether it be in the consumer side of things. So, yeah, it's, keep watching that space for sure. Yeah, I, I think the report is also saying something like 60%
0: of all the embedded finance offers relate to payments. So I think a large chunk of that is the buy now, pay later stuff. But I think that just just to maybe go back on some of the themes that we touched on earlier, the when you're in a conversation, you have an opportunity to pick up cues from a customer that maybe something isn't right, something's changed in their world. They're, they have a sick child, they have uh, a job uh, that's um, gone, go, gone from the household and when they say that in a conversation, you've got the opportunity to be inclusive. You can actually say to them, there's ways of us rescheduling this payment because of that situation. And you can embed that response capability within the conversation. And that's inclusive because you are not just getting a straight yes or no, press a button payment from someone. You're actually giving them the opportunity to disclose something to you and then for you to reconfigure a service within that conversation and then relaunch it. So I, I, I think it's actually a great example of um, uh, something like a payment service, which is a part of embedded finance, but also the wider um, opportunity that there is for convenience, for inclusiveness and for a range of other things. So I'd, I'd recommend um, anyone to look up that report and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, Embedded finance is certainly a a very interesting area to think about strategically for uh, how it's going to affect your business uh, in the next uh, five years. Moving on to the next section, uh, just following on from that conversation about conversational AI, chat GPT, and related AI, all this is increasing in prominence in the overall corporate sector. So EY CEO Outlook Pulse Survey, offers a snapshot into the corporate mindset regarding AI. Um, 88% of CEOs are integrating AI into their capital strategies. 43% are investing right now, with the remaining 45% planning substantial investments in the coming year. But there's also a parallel concern about its ethical deployment. It seems to be like 50-50, half of them think uh, it's going to be net good for people. very concerned about unintended consequences of AI. It's clear that the key motivators here are cost reduction and productivity gains. Whether it's onboarding uh, or training um, or thinking about uh, replacing entire processes, the transformative power of AI cannot be underestimated. But Cormac, you've been speaking to some BPOs recently on this subject. Is there anything that you can kind of nuance this report with.
1: Yeah, so this is, I find this one very, very interesting and almost comical uh, to a degree here because, you know, let's go back, let's go back, um, what, six months, you know, what was the, the big topic, you know, that that, um, that enterprises were grappling with and it was digitalization, right? Digital transformation, digitalization, right? Next thing about comes ChatGPT, right? And digitalization is like the jilted lower. It's been pushed aside. <laughs> um and chat gpt has you know given ai its its superpower right so so now um uh all these these companies are saying you know yeah 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 that's part digitalization you know what what's our ai strategy what what are we doing you know you know where's our chat gp what are we doing with this right so uh it, it, don't get me wrong here i think it's brilliant right i love it because you know that's what we do at Webview. We do conversational AI, so you know anything that gives that a bit of um, a bit of a boost uh, and a bit of limelight, I- I'm delighted with it. You know, but so what I'm what I'm seeing just from talking to people, you know, how are they looking at at using this, um, and where do they think it's going to give them the biggest impact? Right, and and you said it there, Paul. It's it's going to be in the. Uh, the cost reduction side is is almost like the knee jerk reaction how can i use this to to reduce my costs and um the first thing that jumps to mind when you think about that is is, is automation and how do we automate um, more and more customer interactions so we can, you know, give the customer the, the answers they're looking for to their queries, but do it in uh, the cheapest manner possible, right? I mean, nobody reaches out and contacts an enterprise because they're bored and they want to have a chat, right? They do it because they're looking for uh, a query to be answered or a problem to be solved. And if you can use... AI and specifically conversational AI to do that, you know, happy days, right? Um, but there are other areas that I think, you know, enterprises are looking at. And one area in particular is the area of recruitment. And and how do we, you know, um, skill up our teams faster uh, and with more quality? Um, how can you use the this emerging technology of AI and, and chat GPT and, and generative AI um, to train your staff and get them up to speed much quicker and to a higher a higher standard. And that's where we're also seeing um companies start to look at and how can they have you know almost given their 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 ages and you know we, we work in a in a contact center environment. So let's say uh, somebody who's who's involved in customer engagement how can you give them almost like a um ai co-pilot to help them do their job um each day and you know i think that's an interesting area to watch um when it comes to customer contact um so yeah so look um you know i'm loving chat gpt and, and what it's done for the industry it's it's um you know made ai sexy again who wouldn't want that well i i think the um the the word i got back from um
0: our guys talking to bpos was that the pressure is there to meet the volume of interaction still but you yeah. can't actually even hire the amount of bodies to throw at the problem so the yeah. people just aren't available and then when you do have new recruits you have to train them up and yeah. then you also have to retain people so we don't really have an ai problem we have a we have a people problem we how do we find How do we train up and how do we retain the human resources in our businesses so that we can provide the level of services that often were contracted to do as well in the first place? And I think where the productivity gains for the individual is showing up in adopting AI co-pilots and AI tools, that's been kind of soaked up by the fact that they still don't have enough people to do the jobs that they need to do. So uh, I think maybe some of the benefits might be hidden at the moment, um, but the numbers we're seeing are fairly, I know we haven't published them yet, but we're seeing f- some fairly dramatic like productivity gains in, mm-hmm. in the processes. Um, so my guess is uh, same as yours in that I think the AI will see some exuberant adoption. There'll be some, you know, some speculative uh, projects on generative AI, etc. But I think it'll pretty quickly come down to focusing on where am I seeing the outcomes here and how can I measure this in this in the short term? Um, because I, I think that that's another thing that I'm getting from that report is that in the short term, uh, CEOs are having to really, really focus because the pressure is on everybody to perform right now and they can't afford to wait for the longer term to play out and longer term plays need shorter term payoffs. So that's my yeah. take on it.
1: Yeah, so I just adjusted to, to combine the, the first discussion we had or the first um, question we had there, Paul, in terms of um, the economy and and uh, rising costs and inflation and all the rest, right? So it, it's short term need because we're seeing a, a spike in short term demand um, in terms of people needing the you know, questions answered and, and problem solved. So, you know, it's a it's a real challenge um for for enterprises and contact centers today that how do you how do you ramp up your capabilities to meet this spike as a result of what's happened. That's that's not easy that's not easy to do. So therefore you are seeing this uh okay, how do we how do we use the tools that are out there and this uh you know advanced in, in, in AI and conversational AI to help us meet those challenges. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all been, uh,
0: th- there's some really good reports to to dig out there in the show notes. I r- urge everyone to go uh, check them out. There's some light weekend reading there for everybody. And maybe, Cormac, we might revisit some of these uh, AI topics next week, given the kind of prominence that they have in the general environment. We might take a couple of examples and just use the next news uh, and update to just give people a couple of examples of how this is happening in the in the real world
1: absolutely absolutely we'd love to Paul okay folks
0: thanks for joining us today on credit shift subscribe to us as quickly as you can tell your friends about it and check out webio.com and find out what webio is up to thanks everyone for joining us again today